Well, hello, everyone. Brian Sussman here. It's the Brian Sussman Show. Thanks for joining me. What we're about to do is hear the audio portion for my new video podcast series. So you get the best of both worlds. You can listen to the audio anywhere, or you can go to YouTube or Rumble and watch the video portion as well. This is a 25-minute download. I just pressed record and started going. Regarding the agenda. The what? The climate agenda. I'm trying to unpack the climate agenda for you in a very simple and easy to understand way because this is the agenda that that the New World Order, that the people at the World Economic Forum, that the United Nations, the deep state in the United States of America, the leftist politicians, they're using the climate to put forward an agenda that has nothing to do with the climate, as you'll hear in this particular podcast. So with that in mind, Let's go to the music from the video. God bless you. I appreciate you. And by the way, if you're a YouTube subscriber, could you please subscribe to my page on YouTube? It's at Brian Sussman Show. I would really appreciate that. Thanks again. And away we go from the man cave. Thank you for joining me, everyone. Here's the question. What does anthropogenic climate change, you know, man-made climate change, human-caused climate change or global warming, what does that have to do with social justice and social equity? Because to the activist, to the influencer, to the politicians, to the rhetoricians, to the, the bureaucrats running this agenda, those three are linked so tightly. We're going to talk about that in this episode. But in the meantime, hi, I'm Brian Sussman. Thank you for joining me. Please, you're watching this on YouTube. Make sure you share. Make sure you subscribe. I would really appreciate that. If you're watching this on Rumble, thank you very much. It's great to be with you. And if you're listening to this podcast on one of the many audio platforms, it is great to be with you as well. Please share. Thanks for your support. I make nothing off of these. I do this totally because I'm passionate about this issue, having written a couple books on this subject. But let's, let's talk about this for just a moment. Let's unpack this. It's super important that you understand this. What I just described, climate change, social justice, social equity, that's something called sustainable development. Now, if I were to have a man on the street interview or two and just ask people one after another, can you define sustainable development? I would get 10 different answers if I were to ask 10 different people. Some people would say, well, of course, sustainable development, that's, that's solar power. Others would say, well, it's got to be windmills. Some would say, clearly, electric cars. Now, those are all just the touchy-feely things associated with this. Sustainable development, and we'll really unpack this in the next episode, but I want to set it up in this episode. Sustainable development is the business plan for the climate agenda. And it's all about social justice. And it's all about social equity. And some would say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, it's one thing to employ social justice on a personal level. But when the government is in charge of instituting social justice, and social equity. That's when things get really nasty really, really fast. 
Now, in our previous episodes, what have we talked about? The first episode was entitled, Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste. This is a a slogan that was made popular during the Clinton administration. Whenever something bad happens to the economy, whenever something bad happens in terms of the environment or a natural disaster of any sort, don't let that crisis go to waste. Take it and use it for your own cause. The left, they're masters at this technique. Uh, So what did they do in this particular case? Well, in the first particular episode, I talked about the terrible, awful, horrible fires in Lahaina, Maui, in Hawaii. It's so tragic that this has never received the proper attention due. Well, why is that? It's, It's because Hawaii, top to bottom, is represented by radical, radical Democrats. Radical Democrats who have more in keeping with Karl Marx than they do James Madison. Uh, We talked about that. The Lahaina fires, terrible. And to blame it on global warming was just absolutely tragic, reckless. Uh, This had nothing to do with global warming. If, If any of you have ever been to the islands, and specifically Maui, you know that there is a desert side and there's a lush tropical side. Lahaina's on the desert side. Naturally, that particular location gets scant rain every year because of uh, the mountain range that's, that protects them from the storms coming in. In this particular case, there was a hurricane well south of the islands. It was drawing in tremendous air, tremendous winds, and those winds were just raking the Hawaiian islands, and then a fire took place. And after that, there's a lot of controversy. Just it seems to be a lot of inept decisions made, and a lot of people died, and a lot of people are still missing. I think my my best story that I have as a young pastor that I've had the privilege of meeting recently. And this young pastor, uh, as he was leaving his house, he ran over to his church and he put his hands on the church and said, "God, please protect this church because this may be a a great place for." for meeting needs after this fire moves through. He came back. Everything was gone, but the church was standing. Now, to me, that's a story in and of itself, but none of these stories are being told properly. So that was never let a crisis go to waste. Then in our next episode, we talked about the climate of fear. This is how they're selling this agenda, with fear. Unsubstantiated claims. I mean, when you have all of these scientists coming forward lately, including the uh, the 2022 Nobel Prize winner in physics, John Clauser, coming forward and saying, global warming, climate change, it's all based on pseudoscience. You'd think that a few people would change their mind. And in fact, speaking of changing their mind, did you notice in the open to this particular broadcast, I'm saying that there's a warning being given to anyone watching this. You may experience cognitive rescission, (laughs) which means you may have a change of mind. Hopefully watching these broadcasts, you'll go, okay, wait a second. I was a believer in all this stuff. And and now I'm coming to my senses because of what this guy is saying. (laughs) So I'm hoping that people have a, a cognitive change of mind regarding man-made global warming, human-caused climate change, etc. But you, you see so many people coming forward, 
They're selling this agenda based on fear. They're scared. When you hear the things that Al Gore has said, when you hear the things that AOC says, I mean, she is a rock star in the eyes of millions of people. And when she comes out with these dire predictions of gloom and doom for planet Earth because of carbon dioxide and fossil fuels, it causes one to wonder. It's fear. They're instilling fear. And then we talked about the battle for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and really, that's what the climate change agenda is out to totally dismantle. That's why I entitled my second book, Eco-Tyranny, How the Left's Green Agenda Will Dismantle America. What are they going to dismantle? They'll dismantle life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I talked about that extensively in that episode. But life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, these are natural rights. The founders of this country, who are in the crosshairs of the left, saying, oh, they were all a bunch of racists. Their, their whole vision for this country was that it would be based on natural rights given to us, inalienable rights, unalienable rights, same thing. Rights given to us by God. You have a right to life. You have a right to liberty. What does liberty mean? Liberty means that you would have a government that would uphold these rights, not interfere with them, but uphold with them, uphold them. And then uh, the pursuit of happiness. What is the pursuit of happiness? Well, I explained. It's it's property ownership, private property ownership. Uh, the left, who increasingly is becoming more and more overtly Marxist, they have a problem with personal property. Uh, they believe personal property is the root of all evil. Now listen, the Bible is very clear. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's what the Bible says, all sorts of evil. So that's the love of money. Can people in a capitalistic society be evil? Of course. Of course they can. You know, this is... But, but there are a lot of people who do such good things with their money in a capitalistic system. I'm thinking of... Gosh, I know so many extremely wealthy people who are so benevolent, so charitable. And, and it's that kind of charity that has blessed the world... I'm thinking of all of the private Christian organizations, the parachurch organizations, uh, everything from you know the various denominations to groups like Youth with a Mission, going all over the planet, feeding people, schooling people, clothing people, building people's lives, showing them trades and opportunities that flourish the world. I have a, a friend, uh, his father, who I had the privilege of knowing, uh, started a company called Plantronics. Maybe you've heard of Plantronics. They recently changed their name. But Plantronics was a great electronic company in the Silicon Valley. This guy made millions and millions of dollars. There was no, He could not find any greater joy than giving away his money. He, he for example, bought, bought former cruise liners and transformed them into floating hospitals that go all over the world. He established schools in the most poor parts of the world, established orphanages in the most poor parts of the world. This is what he loved to do with his money. And he's not the only one. 
There are so many others. So just to take capitalism and slap it in the face is so reckless, but that's what they do. And can I tell you something? I'm passionate about this. I hope you can hear it in my voice. That's what the climate agenda is all about, destroying capitalism, upending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if they can take down the United States of America first, if they can take down the USA first, then they know the dominoes will start to fall all over the planet. I think it's hilarious that these climate activists, and if you'll notice, most of the climate activists focus their energy on the United States of America. By the way, in the United States of America, we have done an ex- an, a splendid job of cleaning up our atmosphere. Our, our forests, just starting on the ground, are, are beautiful. They're, well, there's a problem now because the environmentalists, uh, they won't let you cut down trees. They won't let us harvest our own lumber. That's what the national forests were actually set up for, as, a, as an abundant source, an unlimited source of lumber. Well, now we import our lumber from China. But you have our forests, which, which we have more trees in the United States than ever. We've just done an incredible job. The problem is now our forests are getting overgrown, and so whenever we have lightning strikes, there are fires, which, of course, the left blames on global warming. But when I think about our, our atmosphere, the, the sky above us, it's a beautiful thing. I remember growing up in, in Los Angeles in the 60s. The smog was so thick. I would have literally have asthma attacks as a young kid. We moved. We moved for a couple of years to Denver, Colorado, because my dad thought, well, we'll get him into you know, a better atmosphere, better urban environment, and he won't have these asthma attacks. So we moved there for a couple of years. And, uh, and, and it helped. The, the asthma was gone. It would return when I would come back to Southern California to visit. So we've cleaned up our atmosphere. You don't have those problems anymore. Lungs burning. It was in all the big cities. It was in Los Angeles. It was in Chicago. It was in New York City. It was in Baltimore. All the big cities. All the big cities. But we've done a great job of cleaning up our own atmosphere, and yet the, the environmental activists think we're the bad guy. We're the bad guy. So they protest us, and they protest countries in Europe. But do they ever protest in, in Africa? It's a valid question. If you could see what's going on in Africa right now, in, for example, the Central African Republic, I think there are 55 countries on the African continent, 55 countries. Most of them are hellholes run by dictators and authoritarians and maniacs. CAR is one of them. If you were to go to the Central African Republic, it, it should be an absolutely beautiful jungle. But it's just being raped by Russia coming in to mine. They're mining diamonds and they're mining uranium and they're using slave labor. Okay, so why don't these big shot activists go there to protest? That's, they don't. Let's go to Nigeria. Nigeria is a country, I, gosh, 200 million people? It's, a, it's an incredibly densely populated country. And Nigeria is currently being, their, their new president is a former, is a drug lord. Former drug lord. Drug lord. The, and he's a secular Muslim. He's given the radical Muslims fair game, go after the Christians, take care of them. There's a war going on against Christianity in that country. It's violent. It's horrible. It's deadly. But on top of that, 
you've got a guy who is, he's stopped all the oil subsidies for the citizens. So the price of gasoline and diesel has gone through the roof. Inflation in just two months has gone to 300, 400%. Uh, and their oil fields are just, they don't, there's no care to the environment. We're the environmental activists. We're the humanitarian activists. Instead of protesting in the big streets of America, take your operation there. Let's see how that goes for you. And then other African nations where the Chinese are, are farming, clearing out, the, clearing out the jungles and farming, again, using slave labor. But no one wants to talk about that. Instead, the United States, evil, founders, racist. And that's where we are. You know, there are a lot of other people. I, I have a bachelor's in meteorology. I was a television meteorologist, uh, and I'm very proud of that. I, I did a great job, had a lot of fun, and, and uh, re received quite a few awards for my work. But here's my point. There are others with just their resumes are astounding in terms of their academic pursuits and achievements, you know, masters and doctorates and physicists and others who can easily debunk human-caused global warming. So a lot of people have done that. I did it a little bit in my books, Climate Gate and Eco-Tyranny, but others have just, like Mark Morano has just blown it out on that topic, and others have come forward. Uh, Bjorn Lomberg and others have come forward with just some great brainiac books on the subject. My focus has always been on collectivism, socialism, and Marxism, communism. That's been my focus because the climate agenda, it's like I say on the back, hang on one second, it's like I say here on the back of my book. It's not about the climate. Let's be clear about that. It's not about the climate. That's on the back of eco-tyranny. It's not about the climate. They're using the climate, they're using the environment as a weapon to instigate fear into the hearts of human beings, to rope them into a situation, collectivism, rope them into a situation where they can tie them up in a knot and control them. This is what the Marxist believes. And we've now had basically three generations of Marxism taught in our schools. It, it ramped up on Earth Day, 1970, and it took off from there. So you have an indoctrination process that's been in place in America now for three generations. And very few people, very few people speak up against it. You've got the teachers unions in on this. You've got most of the school boards in the country in on this. You've got the media, with a few exceptions, obviously, in on this. And they're throwing this, forcing it down the throats of kids and people at large. And they all believe there's a climate crisis. No, the crisis is this. America is under attack. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness under attack. The life of an individual to these collectivists, these socialists, these communists, the life of an individual is not unique. It's just a random occurrence of evolution. They don't believe in a soul. 
What is your soul? Your soul has been placed in you by God. Your soul gives you intellect. Your soul gives you character. Your soul has a will. Your soul has emotion. They think that's just a, a random cosmic thing that happened through evolution. Nothing unique about you. And the pursuit of happiness, that's nonsense because they believe that capitalism creates greed, which ruins the planet. People take advantage of other people. They don't see the good in capitalism at all. And liberty, that's, that's a joke. How could the government, how could the government support these rights given by God? How could the government uphold natural law, which the founders also believed in? Natural law is good and evil, truth and lie. The Ten Commandments, do unto others. See, they think the left thinks that's nonsense. So this is what my books are always about. It's how they're using the climate and the climate agenda to just send fear into the hearts of mankind so that they can subjugate us into, into a lower class, a lesser-minded class, and thus vanquish life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and what do they want in return? They want control. These elites want control, and they want to make more money for themselves because somehow they think they're worthy. You have to understand, as I talked about in the last episode, Karl Marx believed in, in the law. He created these things called the laws of matter. And the laws of matter were very, very clear that certain people were born with a leap of intelligence. And those with the leap of intelligence have this metaphysical responsibility of sorts to rule over everybody else. You see, we're the lesser-minded. We need to be controlled because left to our own devices will destroy the planet, will kill, will kill each other. That's, that's what the Marxist believes. That's why they believe in a heavy-handed form of government. And, and this is why the World Economic Forum talks about this. The United Nations talks about this. Oh, listen, for those lesser-minded people, we'll, we'll give them what they need. We'll make sure they have universal basic income. We will entertain them with TikTok, Instagram. Uh, we'll make sure that it's an amoral system. So, hey, have sex with whoever you want to have sex with. No problem, because if someone gets pregnant, we can take care of that. Don't like who you are? Go ahead. You can change that, too. It's all good. Pronoun, you pick it, whatever. This is the world. They, they, want, they want just to keep everybody in that little space where they can believe whatever they want to believe. Just don't go too far. Don't get out of control. And for those of you radicals, those of you radicals, who um, can't, can't be changed, well, we, we, we can, we can re-educate you. This is what they do in every communist country. Every socialist takeover, there's re-education. What about those who won't be re-educated? Well, we have other ways of dealing with those things, just like China does. Nobody wants to talk about that either. No one wants to talk about China. No one wants to talk about the, the forced labor. No one wants to talk about the prisons. No one wants to talk about that. Instead, what do we get from China? Well, we get lots of tech. It's cheap. It's great. Yeah, perfect. And then we talked about yellow journalism in the last uh, 
podcast. And yellow journalism is, of course, how they manipulate the media just to continue feeding this garbage into the throats of unwary Americans and unwary people all around the world. My hope from these podcasts, my hope from my books has always been that a, a few people would just wake up. And I've I've received the emails. I've met people in person who say, man, you know, you just, you took the blinders off my eyes. Praise God. That's my, that's my goal for these podcasts and everything else I've ever written on this particular topic. So this is the lengthy setup to the sustainable development episode, which is coming up next. Sustainable development is the business plan for the climate agenda. It's, it's not a sexy topic, but it's a super important topic. And I will tell you, sustainable development, you know, branding is everything, right? I mean, like Nike, what, what a great brand for a sporting good company. You know, the, the, the goddess of, of victory, sports, victory, Nike. Uh, you can look at Target, you know, the department store Target. I mean, brilliant. There's a big bullseye. This is where you want to shop. We've got everything you need. Come to us. <laughs> so <laughs> sustainable development, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but it's a clever, clever marketing phrase because it can mean anything to anybody. But for those in the know, for those in the know, it means getting rid of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It means social justice. It means social equity at the hands of a government with lots and lots of power. And at the end of the day, what do they want from social justice and social equity? Well, they want a reduced carbon footprint. We'll have stack and pack housing so we can all be better controlled. We'll take mass transit so we can be better controlled. The rich will have their electric cars, that's for sure. And then we'll have a grid with solar and wind. Ha! A shaky grid at best. And people investing in alternative energy will get lots and lots and lots of money in return. The early investors. <laughs> the later investors will lose everything. Those will be the suckers. This is their goal. So that's where we're going in the very next podcast. In the meantime, I have appreciated being with you as always. Don't forget, subscribe to this, share it, like it. God bless you. And please, and I mean this from a sincere heart, God bless the United States of America. Until next time.